Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. And in this episode, I am interviewing Erin Diamond. Erin Diamond is one of the first ever OG online fitness coaches who is a female entrepreneur. Erin has also had a successful business coaching company called IFCA, where she teams up with her fiance, Jordan Duggar. I am so excited for you guys to tune into this interview with Erin because she shares her journey to the stage how it helped develop her as a person and also her business as well. Erin is a great resource to you guys who are needing inspiration and someone who is truly 100% authentic with all of her followers on Instagram. And for more information on Erin, I will leave that all down below in the description. Tune in, guys, and enjoy. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Beyond Bikini Radio. Today, I have Erin Diamond here, and I'm speaking with her. She is one of the OG bikini competitors. Um, I've been following you for quite some time, Erin. I'm actually also from Ohio, um, currently living in Florida, but I remember following your journey when you first started getting into competing and I would love to hear, you know, what got you started with prep and then why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to our audience too? Yeah. So actually I never once competed in bikini. I started in figure. (laughs) So back then when I started competing, um, It was in 2011 when I started my first prep and bikini was super new. So actually the coach that I hired was like, no, 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 you don't want to do bikini. Like people make fun of those girls. Like they don't really even work out. And I was like, okay, yeah, well I want to, you know, I I work out I want to do the division I'm supposed to. I want to look like I have muscles. So I actually stepped into figure, which figure as we know it is so different today um Mm -hmm. those girls they did look like bikini girls back then but that's kind of where I got my got my start so yeah so aside from that and we can get into my whole story um I competed from 2012 2013 and 14 and kind of hung it up in 2014 um I competed in about 10 shows in those three years and then right around 2013 I started coaching other other some other competitors but mainly just other lifestyle people started coaching I also opened a gym that year so business picked up 2014 during my last prep my head just really wasn't in it in the same way and I kind of had a hard conversation with myself and I said well you can't me personally you can't really balance um this prep and your clients and opening a gym and and, and your family and friends like let alone like my let alone that Um, so I had to make a decision that last prep to say, okay, you know, I'm going to put this on hold for a little while. And that hold has now turned into a six year hiatus where (laughs) I don't know if I'll ever, if I'll ever actually step back on stage again. Um, I do, you know, little mini cuts here and there where I get myself in a similar sort of discipline, but I just love coaching and coaching of athletes has evolved into now business coaching of a lot of fitness professionals who want to to, to do the same thing and build the same kind of business I've built. So that's kind of been evolution since then. I find it 
interesting too because you're documenting your whole journey on Instagram and I feel like no one was doing that and I know that there's a lot of pivots that you had to make you know going into um, your physique changing throughout the year I know for myself as a competitor I find it um, kind of like a mental f going Mm -hmm. through prep mode versus off season versus I'm just not dieting and this year I decided to take the whole year off of competing it's going to be a year and a half before my next prep and that's just so I can primarily focus on my business because it does require so much energy and focus and it's hard to do that when you're consuming like very low calories and doing so much cardio and a lot of people unfortunately can be less interested but I find that if you're not you know interested in the whole journey then you're probably the wrong audience but how did you feel about, um, or I should say, how did your audience feel about you pivoting into just more lifestyle? Well, um, I was, by then, you know, I had become kind of an authority in the fitness space, I think, just putting out a lot of stuff and helping people. And I think when I made the transition, it didn't really matter if I competed or not. I think by that time, a lot of people weren't so much there for my own personal journey anymore. They were there for what I had to teach. So it it was Mm -hmm. a pretty easy transition to go from, hey, here's my competition journey to now like, hey, I'm I'm helping some other people do this. Now I really help. I've phased out of helping competitors altogether. Um, if anything, I think as a whole, like the masses were probably more receptive. And I hear a lot more feedback now of I'm actually more connected to you now with the approaches that I see you following than you did back then. And granted, if I were to compete now, I would do it totally different than I did back in 2013 and 14 because we just we know so much more now. But I get a lot of feedback of I I like the the sustainable approach that you take. I like how you seem to work with clients. I like how you know it it, it just seems sustainable. Like people seem like like they can get their hands around a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, the feedback has been re- received really really well. And I think for people who are new to the space and trying to kind of have a like launching point for their business through competing, or if they think, hey, I need to kind of do this to prove to myself. I do think that's great. I think it's great for your own personal credibility in the beginning. And I think a lot of people are through that there to document that journey with you. Um, But I do think you can get through a certain point and it's like, okay, you've done it. You're obviously qualified to help other people do it. And I think by the time I had hung it up, everyone was just kind of like, okay, well, we're tired of hearing about you anyway. (laughs) Just keep keep teaching us. They're like, you've shown us several times that you can get started. Yeah. It was old news. Yeah. And, I love that you're big on education and talking about sustainable ways of reaching your goals. Um, tell me a little bit more about those unsustainable practices that you took when you were, you know, going through these dieting phases and what your approach to nutrition is now. Yeah, good question. So when I started, like I said, back in 2011, this was really before if it fits your macros was a thing. I mean, maybe there are a few people doing and practicing. I think it was really Lane Norton and his YouTube video that kind of went viral. I think in like 2012 or 2013, where he was talking about if it fits your macros and then about metabolic adaptation and, and just all these different concepts that I actually started to look into some of this. But prior to that, it was just hey, find somebody else in the industry who has gotten shredded, listen to them, they'll tell you how to get shredded. And the issue with that well, a lot of issues with that, but one major issue with that is all those people, majority of those people were men. So mm-hmm. you would find a, a coach who is a male bodybuilder who has been in the industry because bikini was so new figure had been around for a little while, but 
still bodybuilding to women was so, so new. So we thought back then you could, you could just act like, well, they're just little men. They're just small, small men and they're going to diet exactly as such. And we know now that that definitely isn't the case. So back then um, I ate a meal plan with like seven foods. <laughs> mm-hmm. I ate, you know, the, probably very low fat. Yep. The typical chicken, tilapia, um, asparagus, almonds, sweet potatoes, and grapefruit was about it. Um, I followed that. I ate the exact same thing every day for 22 weeks of my first prep. Never had a refeed, never had a diet break. Did these, these were not terms really back then. I did that. I got shredded. Um, and my body responded really well because I didn't have any past dieting history ever. Like when I, the first time I ever decided, Hey, I want to do a figure competition was also the first time I ever decided to even think about what I was putting in my mouth. So like, I'm a little bit unique in that way. I feel like a lot of times women, when they work with me, they have this, you know, dieting history that goes back to when they were 13 years old. Sometimes this for me, I was a brand new dieter and typically brand new dieters respond pretty well. My metabolism had never been hindered. I'd always been very healthy, eating plenty. So I responded really great. Um, second time around, I, had started to hear of this if it fits your macros thing and flexible dieting and it sounded great but it just kind of sounded too good to be true so I stuck with what I knew second second prep same kind of thing but it was harder it was definitely harder to get shredded that time around and then I started learning about the metabolism and so realizing what I know now knowing that your metabolism down regulates as you lower food like expenditure your meat slows down your BMR slows down it does everything it can to keep you alive Um, I realized what was happening when I would start to diet. So my body just got very used to that. And I would get four weeks in, it was like, nope, we're going to plateau right here. We're done. And I'm like, well, okay, I have, I have a 20 week prep to go. This can't happen. So started incorporating, um, refeeds, occasional diet break did definitely start following an, if it fits your macros approach and just getting a lot smarter with it by the time my competing days were over and, that was subsequently like the same time that I was helping other competitors. So I was able to bring competitors in at a new vantage point. And I, and by, by no means was I the first person doing that, but I was one of the first, um, back in 2014, still, it was still pretty messy in terms of, we didn't know what we didn't know. And now in 2020, it's amazing to see that it's considered complete ignorance. If a coach does that to you, we just have so much information out there and, when people come to me still with these absurd meal plans and just really eating low, it it's offensive now when back then it was like, well, we just, mm-hmm. we just didn't have the science. We had no idea. It definitely hurts me to hear like a potential client hopping on a call with me and following these very limiting meal plans or using, I call it like bullying tactics with mm-hmm. your clients. Like that's not going to help anyone. Um, and I really feel like that's a big red flag if, the answer is because I said so. Um, And there's no like science or why behind that. Um, I love that you have been, you know, learning throughout your journey. I know that you were one of the first, well, I will say because I was from Ohio, you were one of the first like female authority online coaches that I knew of. Um, And I love the flexible dieting approach because it can help your clients learn about food Mm -hmm. and incorporating those um, practices like refeeds and diet breaks and the importance of not just super low calories all the time. And I myself this year, or I should say 2019 in prep was the first year where my body was like, I've had enough. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very interesting for me. And 
I worked alongside with Paul Ravella and yeah. both him and I, we were just so confused because I was pushing so hard, literally doing everything possible. My body just would not respond. And that's when I came to the point where I need to just hang up my heels for a bit, al- allow my body to recover because it's not worth it to just be spinning my wheels, not getting anywhere. Absolutely. Um, William Grazione and I were talking about this and he said something really interesting on our podcast lately where he and I'm, I'm taking this approach now after hearing it from him because it makes so much sense. But he says he'll look at a client's past dieting history. And oftentimes we do that and we want to know, OK, what have you done in the last year? Any, any crash diets in the last year? What are you eating now? Um, and that tells a very small part of the story. I think what's much more important is to look at the last three to four years. And out of the last three to four years, how much of that time have you spent in a deficit versus how much time have you spent at maintenance? Mm-hmm. And if you're over half, then your metabolism is likely downregulated and is likely going to have to slow down. And when he told me that, it was a huge light bulb because I had been in this place since I had stopped competing in 2014, but even in 2015, 2016, I was still doing some drastic cuts and like, you know, for a photo shoot or for whatever. And really it wasn't until after 2016 that I found this more balanced approach that I have now. And it wasn't until 2019 that my body finally dropped eight pounds, like found its new set point, which is where it was before I really started this. I, I call it yo-yo diet even even though it's with intent and knowing what I'm doing, anytime we cycle like that in a deficit and back finally after like 2019, cause it, it had been that last three, three year cycle where it was like, Nope, we've actually spent more time at maintenance. So it's really important as a coach to look at the whole big picture, not has what the client, what have they just done in the last year? What have they even done in the last several months? Like what are the last three years looked like? That's going to give you a good idea of their metabolism. Yeah, definitely. And I see so many people take really short off seasons Um, I would even take six to eight months off. And I thought that was a lot of time when that's really just a blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had competed every single year since 2015. And I was actually lucky considering 2019 was the first year where my body like tanked out. Um, But it was also a combination of so many things. I had gone, I had a really stressful event happen in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I just came out of a surgery. So I had an augmentation. So my body was repairing from that. And then I decided two months after my surgery that I'm going to prep now, which Mm -hmm. I look back and I'm like, that was really not smart to do at all. But we talk ourselves into, you know, I'm just going to work through this. I'm going to work really hard. And it does help to have a coach where they can see, okay, look, your body is not responding. We need to try something different. And that might be increasing your food and going into a reverse diet, which I know that you have chatted a lot on reverse dieting and how long it can take. Um, What is your, I guess you could say, approach to reverse dieting when a client comes to you and says, how long is this going to take? Um, It's funny you're asking now because I have been on a really big reverse dieting kick lately. And that's not always the case for me that I'm even on any sort of fitness kick, Mm -hmm. (laughs) at least these days, because I do so much more business coaching than I really do fitness anymore. Um, But I so I did a reverse dieting webinar last week, dove into these topics. And then I did a reverse dieting live last night because it is the number one probably point of confusion and just the thing that the most questions are around and that question, how long is it going to take is, is a big one. So we can address that one first and then we can dive in deeper, even kind of with how we do these things and stuff. So, uh, was that, wait, was that the question you even asked me? Did you ask how long it would take? 
Yeah. How long okay. would reverse dieting take? And then what Got would it. be your approach into that? Got it. So yeah, that's the one everybody wants to know how long. So the thing is when it really depends and any scientific minded person that you speak to, anyone who isn't full of shit is going to tell you it depends in a lot of situations because it really, really does. So when a client comes to me and they're, they're just really adamant on dieting. They, they have a wedding coming up or they have some sort of deadline coming up and I can look at their food logs. I can look at biofeedback. I can tell this probably isn't going to be good. Um, that usually ends up being a hard conversation and it's a conversation around how important is this deadline to you? How important is your long-term health to you? Uh, really explaining the consequences. Like, look, if you want to get in the best shape of your wedding, for your wedding in three months, we can absolutely do that. But we're in a tricky metabolic spot right now. Your metabolism is downregulated. Every, all processes have slowed down. You're burning less calories where you're maintaining is really where you should be in a deficit. And we, the only option we have is to dig you further into a deficit. And then, so I explain that I say in doing that, a lot of things can happen. So one, there's no real guarantee that your body's even going to move. I don't know how adaptive your metabolism really is. We can lower you by 100 calories. We can add in a little more cardio, and it might it might be a week, and your metabolism might might adapt right again. We might be in the same situation. It might be four weeks, so we might lose a little bit of fat. I'm not totally sure. So that's where I think it's important with a coach to kind of take things week by week and see. Um, I say the other option here is, and usually this is the option I propose for someone who isn't backed up against a hard deadline. And, and my hope is that someone wouldn't come to me with, you know, three months until a wedding and like they're in crisis mode. I I love it when Mm -hmm. people come to me nine months before the event, we have time to think of all this stuff, but I say, okay, we, we get comfortable where we're at right now. We decide that this is the body that you, that you're going to have to maintain in with the goal to be to increase your metabolic capacity. And then in the way that we do that is we slowly and steadily and methodically increase calories. And we, we look at feedback. We look at weight photos, measurements. We're not going to let you get fat. We're going to go on a week by week basis. (laughs) And I don't want to go as slow as we possibly can, because all that's doing is prolonging the deficit and making it so that we can't increase our metabolic rate very fast, but I also don't want you to get fat and uncomfortable. So we'll kind of find a happy medium ground in between that. And so we do work to increase calories. And then the, how long is that going to take? Well, as kind of a standard rule of thumb, when people just won't stop asking me that question, I usually say it takes about as long as you have spent in a deficit. And now sometimes I say that and women are like, oh, well, I've been in a deficit for two years. Okay, well, I'm not going to make you be at maintenance for two years. Um, but in that case, I mean, maybe six months, you know, I, I do want to see you spending a good amount of time with your body to just like let, you know, every all processes kind of regulate, let your body understand that food isn't going anywhere, let your metabolism upregulate, let all of the functions that are considered quote unquote unnecessary restore. Like if you're not having a hormonal cycle, um, if you're losing hair, which your body also deems another unnecessary function, um, because protecting your organs is a lot, is obviously a lot more necessary than having a menstrual cycle or growing hair. In fact, when your metabolism is downregulated and, uh, energy resources are sparse, the last thing it wants to do is have a healthy hormonal cycle for many reasons. But one, 
that is a ton of extra calories, tens of thousands of calories over the course of a year that it says, you know what, we don't need to burn those. We don't have very many coming in. Mm-hmm. And then two, it says, well, we're, your body doesn't know the difference. It thinks you're in a state of famine. It thinks there isn't enough food available. It doesn't know that you're counting macros and you're dieting for a bikini competition. <laughs> it says, if we go to the fridge, there's nothing to feed this baby that, that your body's <laughs> trying to have. So let's make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, getting on a little bit of a tangent of all the reasons that we, that we, that we think is necessary to do it. But I think sometimes like you and I as coaches, we know how important that is and people hear reverse dieting and they, they don't really understand. So I, on that front will use a little bit of fear mongering. <laughs> I'm like, look, this is bad for you if you don't do it. So, um, kind of a side tangent there. There's been so many times where I've been working with a client and I tell them I can put you in a deficit and I can push you really hard and we're not going to get anywhere and you're going to get frustrated and you're not going to be happy during that process and your quality of life is going to be decreased because if you're dieting very extreme um, and exercising to a high amount to where it's impacting, again, these health markers to where your hair is brittle, your nails Mm -hmm. aren't good, you've lost your period, maybe you're getting dizzy during your workouts, your energy is low, you're having mood swings. There's so many Mm -hmm. biofeedback signs from our bodies that something's wrong. If all this is happening, is it really worth it? And one of my good friends said, what's the point of having a body that you can't live in? And Mm. it really resonates with me because I feel like so many people will say, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. But doing whatever it takes isn't the smartest thing to do if your quality of life is just going to be affected. Absolutely. Yeah. And and then the backlash you get from that. there's some crazy statistic. It's something like 95% of diets fail. And what that doesn't mean is that 95% of those people don't lose the weight. Majority of them do. What that means is 95% of the people gain it back in some way, shape or form. They don't keep it off. Mm -hmm. And the harder you have to push, the more your metabolism is going to downregulate. How much more likely do you think that you're going to gain fat back when your metabolism is in such a fragile spot? So not only are women saying things like, yeah, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll work. I'm not afraid to work. Um, and, and that's dumb because your quality of life sucks. It's dumb because you work your butt off for four months and then you gain everything back most of the time. Yeah, definitely. And I know that you've gotten your body to a place where you feel comfortable, you feel confident. And with you getting your body to this healthy maintenance point, how has that affected your mood and how has that affected your business? Man, it's everything. And I didn't even realize how bad it was at periods of time, how low energy I really was. Like when you're not used to feeling good, you you don't even know what that's like. And it's like conversations we have with our clients sometimes where I'll be asking biofeedback and like a client doesn't realize how how abnormal it is that they only like poop twice a week, like something like that. For me, it was my energy state. <laughs> it was just a constant state of extremely high cortisol. Um, just really just kind of running on fumes. I would maybe, I would always have broken sleep and it was just, just a lot of like adrenal stress. Cause I'd worked my body so hard for so long. And it was probably the beginning of 2018 when it really started to iron out. And in the beginning of 2018, I remember I started sleeping through the whole night, eight hours a night for the first time in probably five, six years. And since then, it's just been insane. Like I've been able to think so much more clearly. I've been able to help so many people. I've been able to, gosh, probably triple the business Um, just by having that clear focused energy. I think a lot of us, like if you consider yourself type A or or an achiever, 
we kind of like the feeling of high cortisol and just and just kind of running <laughs> running high like that um and we and we love caffeine and all of those things and that's great you can get a lot of stuff done but it's kind of similar to getting a lot of stuff done like while chasing your tail and just running in circles having clear focused energy when you've never had it it's so hard to kind of even explain what you've been missing, but it's been, it's allowed me to step into my next level of growth and really be there and be present with my clients too. I used to be anxious quite a bit. Um, and now I spend a lot of time on the phone and in the past that would have killed me to have, to have a yeah. 40 minute conversation with just one person, undivided attention. And I can just be there and be really present and Hey guys, on the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know I talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T, and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals. And just be present with them has, has increased, and that's everything as a coach, like People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So being able to really fully be there and and care for them, it's really changed every area of my life just by not being in a perpetual state of dieting. Yes, definitely. And I found that my energy has been so much better. I send my clients um, video message responses. Mm -hmm. So there used to be these videos from just, you know, last year when I was prepping and I just was horrible with my speech. I was (laughs) messing up words all the time. I just, I looked a little bit lower energy, which my clients deserve me to show up fully for them. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I think that's super important. And you do such a good job, Erin, at showing up on Instagram, on your stories, with your podcast, with Jordan. Um, You answer DMs, which a lot of people don't do that because it takes a lot of energy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, you can't pour from an empty cup. My, my fiance, Jordan, um, he just prepped in, he, in 2019. So that was the closest one to me. Obviously it's been a long time since I've done it. And same, same situation with him. We would, we do so many coaching sessions together and we do so many things together and I would make fun of him and like show him videos of his face. And I'd be like, you look dead here. You really look like so emotionless. And, <laughs> and it, it's just part of it once you're towards the end. I think it's so interesting too, how both male and females just experience very similar things during that dieting phase. Yeah, absolutely. I do think it's a little harder on females because I think we carry more stress in general, but Jordan's just a high stress person in general and kind of like runs just kind of like a female, honestly, in terms of high amounts of stress where I've seen other men go through it and they tend to be a little more chill. So I think it, I think it depends on the individual a lot too. Yeah. It's definitely going to depend on everything going on in your life too, which I will say Speaking of, you know, taking action and, you know, events going on in your life, there's really never a perfect time to start anything. Mm. Um, And if you want to start a prep, understand that there's going to be stressful events that happen in your life. Um, You know, ideally, if you have 
something that you know ahead of time, like getting married or a honeymoon, something like that, like maybe it's not going to be the best time to put yourself at such a poor place metabolically. Um, But look at the future, but understand too, that there's always going to be some stressor in your life that you're going to have to handle. That's a great point. That's actually how, that's the last question I ask of any client on an onboarding call or not onboarding, but enrollment call, I guess, enrollment slash sales call. Um, because that is usually the objection that people try to put in, in front of it, right? They, they're always, oh, you know what, maybe after this vacation, I have to go after that. So before we, once they tell me what their goals are, or once they already talk about how much they want it, I'll usually say, okay, I see people, people fail for one of two reasons. And I tell clients this straight up. I say either one, they, they expect me to be a miracle worker and Mm -hmm. they aren't in the right mindset to start something new anyway. And they're not ready to commit or two timing, you know, sometimes you can be ready and the timing just isn't right. So I'll usually ask that and I'll ask, what does the next three to four months of your life look like? Any big life changes, anything that could just totally throw you off your game or throw you a curveball. And obviously we can't predict all of those, but I think it's important to look ahead and be realistic with yourself. And now that doesn't mean, Hey, I'm going to put everything on my life in the back burner and I'm not going to, not going to travel and I'm not going to, you know, go places and I'm going to seclude myself because that's Mm -hmm. never, you know, the key to anything sustainable. But I think that's important to audit yourself. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not sure if you follow Angie Lee at all, but yeah, yeah, yeah. she always says ready is a lie. And that's Mm. so true. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love it. There really is no such thing. Yeah. Well, Aaron, tell us a little bit more about IFCA um, and what made you want to get started with business coaching? Yeah. So IFCA stands for Impact Fitness Coaching Academy. And really how that evolved was I started my online fitness coaching business in 2012 and saw just pretty rapid success from 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16. I hardly had a year where I didn't almost double revenue within the business and just built a really like solid reputation. Um, I mentioned that I opened my gym in 2013 and I had documented this whole process. So I had a lot of just kind of people observing me from a business perspective. And so obviously questions started rolling in um, about how I kind of did so. And I answered questions in my DMs and just through by friends and stuff for probably three years, just out of just because, because I was like, you know, I, I have this information, I might as well help. And then I would have people, I had people start to really ask me to help coach them on a deeper level, which is actually exactly how fitness coaching started for me. People just started asking and I'm like, well, I guess I could, I could probably do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in 2017, I put together kind of my first like beta portion of IFCA. I said, let me take like 10 people, see if I can actually help them, see if I can actually get them results. And even prior to that, I had helped people on kind of a one-on-one basis, just giving them advice. And I felt like, okay, you know what? I I can help some, I know some things that have worked well in terms of marketing and sales and even hiring and and such. So let me put together this beta course and see how it works. So I did that for about 10 people. It went really well. Um, I decided that there's a lot of people out there teaching business. And the one issue I was having with it was, a lot of people were teaching great sales, marketing. They're te- teaching people how to get clients and actually sell those clients and take their money, but they're not doing anything to ensure that they're actually good coaches. And that, mm-hmm. that really bothered me. So 
Jordan and I um, started dating right around this time. And I was telling him this whole evolution. And I said, I want to actually teach fitness and nutrition within my business coaching. And I said, would you partner with me on it? So Jordan and I, we launched the next round where we had two modules on um, two modules on nutrition, one on training. And again, training and nutrition is a, just a very broad overview. It's almost like, hey, we've taught you how to show up online. We've taught you how to market. We've taught you how to build sales pages. We've taught you how to actually sell. We've taught you how to have the systems and deliver things to your clients. But now we have to like actually make sure you know what you're doing. Like it's, it's not in-depth nutrition and training. Like, yes, you should have additional certifications and, and things outside of this. But it's like, if you don't know these things, we're not going to let you touch anybody's body is basically how that goes. Um, so yeah, so we've been doing that. We are on our, we're entering opening enrollment for IFCA 4.0, which is our fourth round of like the full shebang that Jordan and I have partnered on together to do. Um, we open cart on March 5th. So I don't know what time or when this podcast will release, but if it's around that time, we're opening for enrollment March 5th, we take anywhere usually around 30 students. Um, it is 12 weeks. It's about nine weeks of intense training and then a couple follow-up weeks of support. And it's really just to help coaches. Most, most people that we work with, um, they, they're not brand new. They have already at least taken a few clients. Some of them, they work in gyms. Some of them have been gym owners. Um, they just really need to know like either how to take it online or, more effective systems or they're having issues with their sales. And yeah, I, I absolutely love coaching business because I just love business and it's become my passion over the last probably decade. And it's, for me, it's next level um, with the ability to change people's lives and have the ripple effect. I can only work with so many people one-on-one fitness coaching, but if I am actually teaching fitness coaches and they have, you know, 30, 40, 50 clients on their roster, I get the ripple effect of actually having an impact on those people's lives, which is really amazing. Yeah, you're able to just pay it forward. And I'm, I know that your business has completely transformed your life. And it probably feels really good to be able to give that to someone else. It's the best. And I think oftentimes with coaches, they're, they like to help people and they're good people. And a lot of times when people have great people skills, they, they shy away from actually learning the business tactics to make it sustainable and make money. So I really like to help those people because they're in it for the right reason. So I'm like, all right, let's just clean up your systems. Let's teach you why selling is important. Let's teach you how to actually tell your story and market and let's actually help these people, but make it a really fruitful living for you. We all get to win. Yes, definitely. Okay. So one last question I have would be, what would be your advice to the person who is wanting to get involved with competing and also having a coaching business. Um, if you were to like go back in time, would you tell that person that, you know, maybe you don't need to compete or mm. what would have been your advice to that person who has those thoughts of, I need to step on stage in order to have a successful business? Yeah, that's a really good question. And man, there's a lot here. So I, I think if you're thinking at it in terms of, I want the business, so I have to compete. I really don't think that's true at all. Um, well, first off, stepping on stage isn't going to gain you any sort of recognition or um, like audience. I think that's a big misconception. At least it was back when I competed. There were people who would 
who would compete because they would they thought it would like be a big break for them and I hate to break it to you but like the only people in the audience are like your parents yes (laughs) there's like there's like 30 people sitting out there and they're everyone's parents and no one's gonna recognize you um so that's one thing but the other side to that is competing was such a catalyst for me into just self-development and making me prove and realize I could actually do anything I want to wanted to ever put my mind to. So I don't ever want to rob anyone of that experience either. Um, I think it's a really, really incredible tool for growth and just realizing that you can do hard things and entrepreneurship is hard. So if you want to test to that, if you, if you want to test to say, Hey, am I going to be able to show up and keep myself accountable every single day? Am I going to be able to fight through these hard things? I think competing is a really great avenue for that. I think once you get through something like that, you're like, all right, I can, I can with, withstand the test. And I think that's great. Um, but it's definitely not necessary to, I know, I know plenty of people who know how to get people shredded who don't get themselves shredded. So yeah. it's definitely not necessary. I think it's always important to recognize that everybody has a story and what got you into seeing the value in fitness doesn't have to be a stage. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody just wants to hear your story and resonate with you. And, you know, if they resonate you enough to where they want to work with you, then that's amazing. Absolutely. And like I said, I think more people actually started to resonate with me after I stopped competing because they were like, oh, I never wanted to get on stage anyway. And what you're doing now seems more likely. Now, granted, I, I could tell stories about my clients who do compete if I wanted to attract competitors and do it however it's really whatever story you decide to tell so I'm glad you brought that up that's a good point yeah definitely well thank you again Erin for taking time to chat with us today again I'm going to have all of Erin's information down below including information on IFCA Um, and thank you again I appreciate it awesome this was a great convo I really appreciate it Okay, guys, so if you are enjoying Beyond the Bikini Radio, I would really love if you could share my podcast up on your Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. Beyond the Bikini Radio has been up for almost a year, and you guys know that I share a variety of content. Not only do I talk about mental health, physical health, competing, but other areas too with women's health, interviewing guests, interviewing bikini competitors. If you're wanting me to continue doing Beyond the Bikini Radio, I would just love to see some love back and you sharing the podcast. It makes me so happy seeing you guys enjoy it and it gives me a better idea of what type of content you guys are enjoying and what episodes you want me to cover in the future or what topics resonated with you. So again, thank you for being a Beyond the Bikini radio listener and keep on listening.